Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can start over again. You can make it better than yesterday. It's a new day. It's a new day. New day. A new day. There's a way. You can turn it around. Trust me. There's a way out. There's more time. Just don't give up when the sun rises. New day. You got another chance. A new day. A new day today. Got another chance. If you want to join the conversation, you can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey. Hello. How are Long awesome. No see. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh God. So I'm just coming back from um Palm Springs. I don't know if y'all can tell, but I'm, Palm Springs. I'm tanner than I normally am. Oh, you're tanned. Like, oh. <laughs> you look good. I'm like, oh, oh yes, give me this color. I saw a real in in person live road runner. Have y'all ever seen? Oh wow, road runner. Uh, what are they native to? Like the desert child. <laughs> and, and they were one was running around the yard of this Wait. Of where we were staying. Really? Yeah, it was running. I don't know what it was doing, but like you'll see it kind of running back and forth going. Does it make a sound? Does it doesn't no. go meet me? It doesn't no. go meet me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it was it's super uh. fast. And got long little legs, and yeah, I seen the red runner. Then wow. they had a, a a man-made pond in the back of like in the back of their yard, and Ooh. they put these buckets of food um, next to the pond, and it's these little pellets. And if you go over to the pond, the fish would they had like koi fish, and you know those Ooh. big fish that be in like Asian restaurants and stuff, koi fish, and um. And turtles, and when they see you coming, like literally, when they see you walking along the side of the pond, they literally will follow you, expecting, "Oh, she's about to give us some vittles." <laughs> and they, if you come up to the edge, they'll come right up to the edge, like, "Where's the food?" <laughs> Where, so it's like turtles and fish and. Did these other kind of little small fish that look like bluegills, but they'll they'll just come to you and you throw the pellets and they'll just be eating it. Wow. It's probably like like twenty turtles, like about twenty of them, and they're just wow. kind of just swarming you, like not scared of you, just kind of like, hey, we know y'all coming to feed us because this is all they do. 
Right, right. <laughs> and it was so cute. So adorable. Um, that sounds wonderful. That sounds like magical. It just was cute. You know? it just, yeah, it was. It was so, so, so cute. And yeah, I was there hanging out with um, the girls of um, Transgender Cultural District and and um, the guy Sean, and we just had a we just had a relaxing blast, and it was really really good. How 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 has y'all week been? Hot. Really hot. <laughs> I know um, that's right. <laughs> we are in a heat wave out here in the Pacific Northwest region of the country. And um, a heat wave for out here is like 90 degrees. It's not necessarily in the 100s. Oh, uh, y'all, so y'all, <laughs> y'all little, little kids, little chump change. Yeah. <laughs> but there's not a lot of air conditioning out here. Most buildings Ooh. don't come with air conditioning. I, I wish they would start like making that mandatory, seeing that the earth is like, you know, that's what we're doing now on a regular. Um, <laughs> so, so, but I did have to, I did have to leave my house and stay with some folks. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in my euphoria, but like, you know, I'm glad folks are looking out because it was just too hot to stay at my house. It was too dangerous. Um, yeah. I never experienced your floor being hot. Like I've experienced the room being hot, but not the floor <laughs> is hot, you know, and the table is hot and the wow. counters are hot and everything you touch is hot. The bed is hot. So, um, that's a different level. So I'm very grateful. I had somewhere to go. So my week has been hot, but but I am I'm back home now. So it's, it's yesterday, better. child, so. I caught myself getting cute and going. <laughs> I was gonna walk to like this restaurant. That's it's not. It's maybe like um uh, like three blocks from my house. I was just gonna walk and go get me something to eat. So I had got cute. I had put these earrings on and this little dress, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna you know get out the house, go get some sun. Da 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 da. Yeah. I went out the door and got to tipping before I even got half a block a bitch was sweating and I was like oh no <laughs> I am not walking all the way to that place I'm gonna sit right hey, here at this place right across the street from my house and go eat there cause who is not walking all the way there in this hot ass sun is moi <laughs> I have been drenched in sweat Cause I'm like, bitch, you know, I, this is a cute little workout. You know, when you sweat, you, you release toxins. So like, I'm like, okay, girl, this is, yeah. this is a cute, fast workout. <laughs> I don't got to work up this way. I could just <laughs> give you a little walk in. It's been, it's been so hot in Houston. So oh, hot. I wasn't able to go to um, New York because I was afraid of monkeypox. <laughs> I know and, Word. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, now I played for Miss COVID. You did. But Miss Monkey Pops, some next level. She it's can have level. that. She chopped me from the back of the one way. I don't want no parts. That is fucking hilarious. I seen a, I seen a, I seen a where the dude said, the dude was like, I, you know, I um. I, I I slowed my roll when it came to COVID, getting the COVID vaccine. I was slow to get it. But this monkey box, no, ma'am. Put it in my arm, doctor. Put it in my arm. <laughs> Put it in a, give me a golf drop, a nasal spray. Uh, you you want it all. Did you yeah. see that? Have y'all, yeah. people been like documenting that journey like a bitch really want to see herpes on people's face? Because that's what it looked like. It looked like genitals, like herpes on me. And I don't even want to make fun of people because I could be one of the people that get it. But bitch, that looks, she looks fierce. Did, she you, did, y'all, fierce. did y'all see that story about the man that was like, 
talking about him having monkeypox and how he like didn't think he had monkey. He thought he, he found out he didn't have COVID or something, but like went to the gym, went to the nail shop, went like got got a massage, and then was like, yeah. Then like he was like it hurt too much to take a shit, and like because of the monkeypox, it was like Ooh. everywhere. It was like on his booty. Yeah, yeah. He was, like, I rather he was like I rather die like pass gas or some shit like. I was like, oh my God. Ooh, that's fierce. That is fierce. I seen I seen somebody who had it on their lips and then they and then they had it inside their mouth and then they opened up their their um their mouth and you could see like where their tonsil was and they had it on their tonsil too. So it was kind of like right here, but you could see where the pus was coming up. It's nasty. Mm. I don't know what it's giving. But you know you don't want it. That's the vanity, Damn. honey. They don't <laughs> motherfucker wasn't scared about COVID, even though it killed motherfuckers. <laughs> but, but, but monkey pox, <laughs> monkey pox, honey. I don't want no black bumps on my face, it, child. They give you apocalypse or realness. I want no part of it. <laughs> that None. is hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. I yeah. want to talk about, honey, the cultural icon that is Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> have y'all listened to the album i listened to a few songs some of them are cute i really liked um the vogue one with um kevin prodigy on mm. it. That was love it love it love it love it have you ever have you got to listen jay yeah i've listened to some of it you know if we weren't in the seat wave and i was just navigating my life and not being on fire <laughs> <laughs> But I, I have been able to. I have been able to listen. I haven't listened all the way through. But I have been able to listen to some of it. Yeah, it bumps mm. I have listened. I've listened to. You know, I actually bought it, of course. But I had listened to it earlier because it did leak. <laughs> and so I'm one of those girls who, if it leaks, I'm still gonna listen. I'm still gonna buy it and support. But I'm a listen, mm. honey, and get my life. And so yeah, and yeah. so um. I listened to that. Actually, my first listen, it was certain. I only liked like three songs. Like when I first listened, it was like mm, I only like three of these songs. This is yeah. these other numbers is kind of um, not giving me what I need. But um, I did like plastic on um, plastic on the sofa. I did like Virgo grooves, church girl. So those are my Ooh. three that I first started to that I immediately when I first took a listen. Um, that was my favorite. And then as I, you know how other songs kind of grow on you as you keep listening or whatever. And right. those are, for me, those are going to be my, um, that's going to be like heated, thick, and I want to say cuff. I think cuff. I think I saw something online. I mean, I was on Twitter, so I was just like kind of following what was going on via mm -hmm. Twitter with the right. album. But it's cuff. Somebody said, I don't know if this is the right one, but I thought I saw something say, Something like Glow Ran So Cuff Could Walk or something like that. I don't know if yes. that's the right song. Okay, that is the song. Okay. Yes, Blow. Okay. Yeah, Blow was one of them songs that I that some of us oh, that yeah. was our favorite of that particular album. And mm -hmm. um yeah, and so Cuff is okay. kind of like a like a sequel to that or whatever. <laughs> so uh, I love that. Um what I really like about I, you know, I like her going in, in another direction than she normally than she normally goes to. What I really like is that that the presence of black trans women is strong on this album. 
<laughs> so, of course, we have um, the funny, hilarious T.S. Madison um, snippet in the beginning of COVID. I'm not COVID. <laughs> in the beginning of Cozy. <laughs> then we have um, we have Big Frida, of course. Now, Big Frida is kind of in that non-binary trans vein. <laughs> so we have Big mm -hmm. Frida and Break Your Soul. And then we have one of the tracks is produced by um, DJ Honey Dijon, which is a trans woman that is from Chicago, but she's based in New York and Berlin. And so oh. she is a DJ that's like a traveling DJ that is just dope. And so she got a lot of trans people in the DJ arena, which is kind of dope because, you know, like Amorpheus, um, and, and Honey Dijon and just a, a couple of other people. But I love that she has added these people and paid them because T.S. Madison said, honey, I got paid and I got my credit and I got my royalties and, you know. Yeah, because Miss Khalees had an issue. Miss Khalees did have an issue, but Khalees didn't have an issue with, well, she she said she did, but she shouldn't have had an issue with Beyonce. She should have had an issue with Pharrell. <laughs> That's what she should have had an issue with. To me, it seems like it could have been an overblown reaction to anything she said about Beyonce, period. More so than her being like, I'm here for Beyonce, but did she really come for uh She really made it, this is about Pharrell and how it's been on purpose, but she called Beyonce to task because she says, if you about all this women empowerment stuff, then you should have got you you know what's going on between me and him and this motherfucker these motherfucking tracks and how you try to play me i felt like mm -hmm. you should have called me and said here's a heads up we gonna da, da 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 my thing is this it's a couple of layers to this that i'm like and everybody was tripping about um the legality and the technicality da 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 da, da. First of all, it was like five seconds of a drum track. It wasn't like Khalees' voice, and it was a interpolation. So it wasn't her mm -hmm. voice. They didn't sample her. They they sampled the song, remade it. it they remade mm -hmm. it like a cover. So it's not, that's a difference between a sample and an interpolation. Um, mm -hmm. But also, uh, what we got to understand is that the song that we're discussing about, that's on, that Beyonce is, that did, the producer is Pharrell. This isn't some right. outside producer. So right. he didn't need to go to anybody to ask to use this. It's mine. I own it. <laughs> now this uh... is not this is not saying this is not saying that he didn't okay. do something shady way back when when they too own it. Do you see what so I'm saying? So Pharrell's the producer of the track on Beyonce's on album. On Beyonce's too. album. So uh, there's no Beyonce didn't need to ask. She, he didn't right. need to ask because he's the owner. So there's no conversation that needs to be had. He don't need to go sign no papers. I own this so, motherfucker. I, can, I, I mean, when you say like, I mean, not, I didn't even realize that part, but it's like, I can understand being like, you could have been a little heads up or some shit. <laughs> Okay, cool. Now now let me add another spin to it, Jay. So okay, cool. You can you can be like, um yeah. well, I don't know if I, I would have taken to the internet though. You know what I mean? The courtesy, <laughs> the, you know, you could have gave me a courtesy call. Now, okay. If that's the stand, if that's the standard, because that's how she's saying it in the video. That's but how she said it in that one of the videos. Okay. But let's say that it is. Okay, let, no, no, no. Yeah. I don't want to say the standard. Let's let's say this. Jay, yeah. Jay, me and you are friends. Like, cool. Like, we friends. Yeah. You done been on multiple albums with me. We have a bond. We are friends. We fuck with each other. Mm -hmm. 
20 years ago, me and Mia, me and Mia used to fuck with each other. And uh -huh. I hustled her out of some music, okay? Uh, yeah. I hustled 20 years ago, I hustled her out of some music. I may have yeah. been wrong, you know, it may have been some shady <laughs> shit going on. But you and me are friends. Right. You and me. You mm -hmm. not friends with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How friend, are you I'll going to you? Huh? If I'm your friend, I would come to I would not put you on blast or just come to you in private. Even even if you thought I was wrong, if you're my friend, are you gonna be going to this bitch that you don't know and like, oh, <laughs> let me chum up to her and do and do whatever courtesy, da 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 da. Are you actually mm -hmm. gonna do that? I just don't see that being real. I don't know. It's like if I, I'm friends with Mia, if Mia do something wrong to somebody, say say like she rob a client or something. And I have never died. I have never been a thief. Sorry. I just want to make that clear. First of all, bitch, I'm literal. So say she does something. Because yeah. I'm the type of bitches, if you do something wrong, now it can't be, you can't be raping people or molesting kids. Then I'm done. Fuck right, right, right. But let's say some type of hustle, you play somebody mm -hmm. or out of some money or you did it. And I know you did. I'm like, oh, bitch, you was wrong. You should have did that. I'm a, Because you my friend, I'm be like, oh, bitch, you was playing games. You was doing right. what you needed to do. But I'm not about to go to some chick that's not my friend behind my friend. I'm not okay. going to do that. She's literally saying that you just we know mutual we know mutual people we but we not friends baby. Oh. Police, police said what burnt her pussy is that Pharrell be doing like even because you you mentioned it being like a small little piece in there. She and she said something like that, but she was like what burnt her pussy is because she feel like he be playing in her face, like sampling yes. her little things, like okay, girl, and I can do it, yeah, type of thing, and. I, I mean, I can see where it would, especially if you got hustled out of something out of a cute coin, you, especially a residual type of coin, that would kind of burn my pussy too. So I could see where she was upset. To Pharrell. Yes, I totally get right, Be right, mad right. at him. Well, all the way around where she was but, just like, girl. But why would you be expecting Beyonce, his friend, to come to you on some shit? Wouldn't it be simpler for Beyonce to be like, I don't even want to get in this bullshit? Oh, I'm not saying I would expect it. I, I mean, I, I ain't going to lie. So, Kalisa, Kalisa and Beyonce really just know each other through. through, like, work. They not friends. Yes, that's what I mean. They're not friends. Okay. 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 They I, just know I, mutual. That's weird. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah it's no, really weird. hard to, like, judge a situation when you don't know. Because we hear, like, on the outside what people, what they tell us and what for what Pharrell may say or what he may not say and just pay it. But we don't know, like, what actually happened, like, the detail details. Because they're not going to spill the tea. There's mm -hmm. probably some details that we don't even know that's just like, okay, I can see why she's upset. Yeah, I, I see, just based on what we do know, I see why she's upset, why she's upset to Pharrell. But why, why, right, right, right. Yeah, right, 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 but right, right. the idea of just because I make... um women empowerment songs i'm gonna go against my friend and get in y'all business when i don't have nothing to do with that business this uh, this don't have anything to do with me i'm using him as a mm -hmm. producer he decided to use a song that that's on him that's yeah. on him it ain't got nothing to do with me i'm mm -hmm. and i'm not about to go to you and be like oh yeah i know my friend fucked you over what 
Why would okay, that? So, why but wait a minute. Okay, Diamond, I get that. I get that. But would you be cool with a bitch like that? Like, say, for instance, okay, she don't feel no, she don't, she's not upset at Beyonce. She's not upset at her. She's just upset for real. Would you still be like, hey, girl, like, how much money did you make off that? Like, would you be buddy, buddy with her? I'm not going to be buddy, buddy with a motherfucker that's not, that's an uh, enemy to my friend anyway. I, if I have to work with you, I might be cordial. Like, hey, how you doing? Da, 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 da. But if I know you and my friend is beefing, even if my friend was wrong. Now, we, now I want to be very clear. We're not talking about wrong like if my friend raped somebody or if my friend did something totally egregious. I, money hustling is not m because of where I'm from and my history. I'm not, I, money hustling ain't a no, I'm going to stop being friends with you. <laughs> like if I know you, um... If I oh, know, bitch. I don't believe that diamond. You don't, you don't give me a somebody, somebody, somebody stole, Trey stole a coin from you, and I ain't gonna say what you did to get him back, but bitch, you got him motherfucking back. That's stealing from me. I'm talking about my friend stealing from somebody else. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. My friend stealing or doing something. No, 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 no. You steal from me, bitch. It's a whole different thing. <laughs> but if I know my friend did some shady shit to somebody else, and I'm not talking, I want to be very clear. Everybody have different lines of when it's a limit to them. If you yeah. raping and molesting, get the fuck out of here. It's I, I'm sorry. I, I can't fuck with you. But, mm -hmm. honey, I know my friend used this girl's bank account, stole her checks, and <gasps> used her bank account to wear her out. And I don't know her. Now, you can't do it to another friend of mine. I want that to be clear. But if you ain't cool, if I don't know this bitch, I don't know. I, oh, I ain't got shit to do with her. you. Right. It ain't yeah. got nothing to do with me. I'm going to be like, oh, you so shady. I mean, that's so fucking bad, <laughs> Look, that's keeping it gutter. I'm going to keep it because, look, I know who my friends are. That's the word. That's, that's the word. Fucking no, no, no. I'm going to keep it gutter. People don't. Uh, no. I have some friends that done did some shady ass shit. <laughs> I got some friends that done did some, and not right now in my age now, but I done did some Nobody shady is. ass shit. <laughs> I done did some shady ass shit. <laughs> that that ain't my friend's business. You get what I'm saying? I, honey, um, I done did I done did some shady ass shit. Period. Just let's just say that. I done did some shady ass shit, but I did no shady ass shit to my friends. And it would be mm -hmm. weird to me if my friends was like, oh, I'm gonna stop fucking with you because you did some shady ass shit to somebody else. I wouldn't trip. Okay, we not friends no more. But I'm not the type of person that I'm gonna stop being my, my friends with somebody because they did some shady shit. Because it would be hypocritical to me. For me, a bitch who done did some shady shit <laughs> to be like, oh, I can't fuck with you. What if you ain't did nothing to me? I it, it would be weird to me. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. This is just my my perspective. <laughs> I, I if I if you if you do something to somebody, I, even like I remember my brother did something that was like what <laughs> you did that, and but this is my brother. And I don't know these people. These people ain't mm -hmm. close to me. I don't know. I know them, but I don't, you know, these are my people. And yeah. so I'm not going to be like, 
let me go and talk to these people or let me say something and be cordial to these people. I ain't gonna do shit. I'm gonna be like, that's my brother and his business. That's y'all between y'all. They ain't got nothing to do with me. Leave me yes. out of that shit. I don't even wanna come in the situation and talk to you about the situation because <laughs> right. that's between you right. and my brother. Okay, but does it matter? I'm just, and I'm just like, for shit. Like, does yeah. it matter? Like, what level playing level is on, right? Because like we're speaking like civil shit, like between friends and stuff. But like the hierarchy of it, like when it becomes like between like corporations, businesses, stuff like that, where like people could publicly see it and it can hurt you in big fire, uh, big substantial ways. Does that does that make a difference? Mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, first of all. As millionaires, <laughs> this really all this shit is out of my league because all y'all motherfuckers millionaires. For the Khalees, Beyonce, all y'all motherfuckers millionaires. Now it may not be equal. Khalees may not be as much of a millionaire as um, Beyonce, but y'all yeah. all got millionaires. Y'all good. Y'all good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's first all of all. But I don't know. I think it does. When it can affect my money, but I can't imagine it affecting Beyonce's money by hitting you up, good or bad, hitting you up saying, oh, girl, we're using this song. But the thing about it is why would I think about hitting you up when I know you don't own it? They ain't got shit to do with you at all whatsoever. They don't have anything to do with me. Yeah. And I know my yeah. producer is the one who own it. Like, I don't even have... And another thing... You mind your, my, my business. Yeah. Mind my business. And Pharrell could have just said, oh, I got this fire-ass track that you might like, um, B. Here's the track. And she might mm -hmm. not even thought about who... who, who what songs did you sample? What da 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 da? She might not mm -hmm. even thought about it. Not saying that she didn't. I'm not trying to absolve her in that, in that kind of way. But... I mean, because so she already has players. her own, like, um, you know, thing in the atmosphere about her stealing people's music or stealing people's yeah, genres or, you know, right. Kind of stuff. And so it's always like Madonna. And, and like when I thing. look at Beyonce, it always feels like shit that people normally do. <laughs> it, people make it seem like be, shit people normally do like other artists who do covers, who do samples, who do, um, oh, I'm inspired by this. Let me do a, let me do a video that's inspired by this old school art and make it modern. Somebody, so many people have done shit like that, but if Beyonce do it, it's her stealing. <laughs> when it's that, when the people who she is um, borrowing for them or sampling, they're saying, oh, I got paid for that. Or I, mm -hmm. I, I know, I know she did that because she worked with my, producers and they produce this for her do you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. like it it'd be common knowledge from the people who they're saying they stole from they'll they'll common knowledge they say oh this is um this is yeah i know she did that she paid me to use this or she paid she my producers we use the same producer so it's gonna same sound the same for example mm -hmm. let's talk about beyonce um a marie so a marie had this one thing where she was with rich harrison Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was her sound. Why? Mm -hmm. You know, that was her sound. She's from DC. It's go go. Yeah. Exactly. But Beyonce said, Oh, this is a cute sound. Let me <laughs> work with this producer. I'm, mm -hmm. yes, like like Brandy with Rodney Jerkins, like yeah. Timberland with Aaliyah. They create a particular sound and people like it and other motherfuckers want to work with them. 
And mm -hmm. so, of course, it's going to mm -hmm. sound similar because you're working with the same type. You're working with the same producer. But right. I'm not stealing from you, bitch. I like this sound. So right. I'm going to fucking use the... And if he if I got his coin, he's going to come and work with me. Right. <laughs> and so we make... So, yeah, A. Marie made this one well, thing. it's a power play. And then, not necessarily a power play. It's normal. Mm. You working okay. with mm. other people's producer is normal. Mm. Well, I don't know the game like that, so I, mean, I ain't gonna lie. But you do. You know. You know other artists work with multiple producers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like we know uh, producers work with other people, and so sometimes because they have a particular style or particular sound. When they make songs with other people, you're gonna hear that style just with another person's voice. And so that's what, but people say that Beyonce is stealing it, but people do this all the time where they work with people and the sounds sound similar because you're working with the same producers. And so for me, I don't consider that stealing. That's just, bitch, I'm working with Timberland. I'm working with Riz Harris. I'm working with Rodney Jerkins. Yeah, you may be the first person that he made some hits with, so you are in the mindset, this is your sound, but I'm working with him now. And now he's giving me the sound for me, for my voice. It doesn't right. seem like it's stealing. I mean, that, me. I, get, I get all of that, like, you know, the business uh, from, from what you're saying. I think it was just like the etiquette of it that, that rubbed her the wrong way. No, she said that. But I'm like, is that for me, just as a person on the outside looking in, do I owe you that? If you're, not, if you're not my friend, <laughs> like if you're not my friend and this is my friend, do I owe you that? And just no, you, if you don't know them, and you know, it's just like, oh girl, who are you? Of course I, I guess. Yeah, it's like what? And also politics. She said, um, you about all this women empowerment. Okay, that's cool, but it, it's certain limits to that as well. So you think that my brother my brother is one of the most closest um male figures in my life okay there was a situation with his baby mama where she wanted to name the children a hyphenated name her last name and his last name now that's not normal <laughs> most That's men funny. if if you know we, we have established paternity and i'm a good father and da 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 the children are in my name because that's the tradition not saying that that's tradition is always right but the tradition is my children get my name right from tradition yeah i always wonder how that worked with trans people but go ahead <laughs> True, that's a good question. Um, but his baby mother is like, nope, I want um, my children to have my last name and your last name, so I'm going to hyphenate it. And and on some feminist shit, I'm like, yes, bitch. But on some this is my brother shit, I'm like, uh-uh, you are late and tired. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So, yes, on, some, on a feminist level, I understand her intellectually. Do you see what I'm saying? I understand her intellectually, but on a, this is my brother and you're ruining his dream as a father. And it would be different if he was a deadbeat and you're saying, 
oh, you don't fucking fuck with my kids, so I'm going to put my kids in my name. I totally get that. But if he's taking care of his children and he is in their lives, he is, you know, being a good father, why are you playing this game with him? Why wouldn't you put his children in his name? And so my alignment, even though I have feminist politics and intellectually I understand what she's saying, I'm still aligning with my brother. I'm still in my brain like, uh-uh, you are being shady. Get the fuck out of here. Do you see what I'm saying? So yes, my, you, I may be... On on my podcast, on you know when we t- when we have academic conversation, intellectual conversation, I may be saying feminist, 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 feminist. But in this scenario, in in this scenario, I'm like, no, that you're being shady to my brother because I'm loyal to my brother. But I feel like you're being shady. But I intellectually understand your feminist perspective. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, depending on what angle, yeah, I, I completely um, understand where you're coming from. Like, if your brother was like, no, I want my last name, and he felt the way, and she was being persistent about it, I could see how that would be like, yeah, kind of doing a lot. If it's not like a, a mutual agreement. Right, it's not. And so, what, what is uh, the shade is, this is what, what the T is. She is using it as leverage for him to marry her. So... She is saying, when we get married, then we can change our children's name to your last name because then all of us will have the same last name. But if we're not married- That is an interesting tactic. uh Uh-huh, but a tactic that she won't win. (laughs) If if she know anything about my brother, silly girl. But anyway, she was like, once we get married, then we all will have the same last name, your last name, and we'll be good. But since you're not marrying me, my children will have my last name and your last name. And so my brother is shitty about it, but he said, all right, cool. I, you gonna make it, do it like, do it, do what you do? Cool. Da, 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 da. But she's using this tactic with a person who is stubborn as a bull. And if you think that this tactic is gonna get you married, baby, this, you, you, you doing the, you going about it the wrong way. about. <laughs> Yeah, cause he's 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 like he doesn't like this this you you're proving yourself to not be marriage material by doing this. It's the control tactic. Yes, and so 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 that's one layer of it. So in my mind, do I understand when you? But she's she is presenting it like a a feminist thing. I'm just my family name is just as important as your family name and she's presenting it as a feminist thing, but it's really a tactic to push him to marry. My loyalties, my politics around being loyal to my brother in a situation that he's not wrong, okay? Now if he's wrong then nigga get the fuck out of here. But in my loyalties in this scenario is I don't think my brother's wrong in this situation to want his children to be in his name. I don't think he's wrong. So my loyalties to my brother outweigh my loyalties to a feminist tactic. That's true. You feel that what I'm saying? Yeah, so definitely. yes, I understand from on an intellectual level, feminist, yeah, your name is just as important as your baby father's name. So I understand on a feminist level, I want my children to have my name and your name. Do I understand that? Yes. But 
I feel like you're being shady to my brother. And that's what I mean in regards to um, when Khalees talks about, oh, you are you need to be about female empowerment. That doesn't mean it's negating the that, that, that yeah. girls run the world personality. That doesn't mean that it's gonna negate my friendships, my other loyalties, or my other things that I think are important, like money or business, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean that I'm it's, I'm gonna uproot my friendships based on that. These are just fucking songs, girl. We not friends. Also, like how you think that should manifest in this situation doesn't make me not a feminist. Like just because it's convenient in this situation to say so. There are other ways for you to address it. You know what I mean? Like anybody can say anything. You can be like, well, why are you calling out Beyonce and not just focus on corrupt? You know, why are you attacking another black woman? Another black woman. That's another feminist perspective too, right? Absolutely. It's, misog it's misogynistic. So it's like in a world where a lot of folks are picking and choosing and shit and trying to be convenient about everything being a fucking attack on a systemic level. It could be misogynist to expect Beyonce to fix the problem that you have for, with Pharrell. In the first place. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so... I think her feelings are valid, though. Like, how she feels, how she's expressing herself. Now, like, mm -hmm. the... Like, the in-between part, I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know, because I really don't know. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, she, I think she's valid. She should be angry at Pharrell. I definitely think our anger is should be more pointed to him. Um... But yes, I'm so glad this uh, just the mess of this album, the mess of it, the the artistry, the inclusion of it, all of these things. It just lets you know that, like Beyonce said, um, you know you that bitch when you call all this cause all this conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I you know yeah like I understand Kalisa's point, and I think in a in the idealist you know whatever like there are a lot of ways there's a lot of ways that could go. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's true. You're listening to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Now listen, I know that what is basic trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic ass. basic for me in this life could be just the beginning for you. director and as a podcaster all that kind of things one of the the most favorite thing about what I do I get to meet new upcoming trans people I get to meet people all over the country who are doing amazing work who are doing great things for our community and it's just a wide range of just just amazing particularly trans women that I freaking love and so I am so excited um, to introduce to y'all some of the staff at the Trans District, Jupiter Peraza and Aubrey Davis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always, when I, when I come to San Francisco, it's so amazing not to just 
just to visit y'all office, but I'm usually coming there for some type of event, some type of event that y'all are throwing, mm-hmm. or something that y'all are being honored for what the work that y'all are doing. Yeah. Because coming from the south, we don't have that kind of infrastructure <laughs> for LGBT right. people that that reflects when I see when I go to New York, when I go to San Francisco, when I go to these kind of. Um, coastal metropolitan area so it just always amazes me and moves me and gives me chills even me talking about it now it gives me chills when I see it and so it's always an exciting time for when I'm you know when I'm visiting right and so last year I was able to host uh the amazing riot party mm-hmm. which uh it just was I just met so many people and this is the year anniversary of San Francisco declaring that August Mm -hmm. is Trans History Month. And you, Jupiter, were one of the people who kind of pushed that down the political line. So can you tell us about that? Yes. So um, this upcoming August, it'll be the first ever Transgender History Month, not only in the city and county of San Francisco, but in the entire United States. Um, Mayor London Breed, uh, who is the current mayor of San Francisco, she signed a proclamation last year. Um, And surprisingly enough, she signed a proclamation on August 24th, 2021. And August 24th is actually Marsha P. Johnson's birthday. We didn't know this at the time. And, you know, we had planned the, the, the proclamation signing. And when we were there, uh, one of the reporters one of the journalists mentioned that to, that the 24th was Marsha P. Johnson's birthday. So it was a very reassuring moment to know that, wow, Trans History Month. And it's also the same day as such an iconic and trailblazing figure like Marsha P. Johnson. So that was a nice moment. But of course, because it was signed on the 24th of August, we only had about a week left of August, so we didn't really get to enjoy it as much as we would have liked to. But now that this um, upcoming August is coming around, we are going to have, um, August has 31st days, right? Ooh, yeah. Right, right? (laughs) So we're going to have the first full 31 days of August be just a celebration for trans history in San Francisco. Oh, that's that's so amazing. And it also coincides with another big historical event. Tell us about that. Yes. So you might be asking why August is Trans History Month. Well, the reason why we wanted August to be Trans History Month in San Francisco was because August is the month in which the Compton Cafeteria Riots of 1966 Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Say that year again. 1966. Now, we know that when it comes to trans stuff and when it comes to pride stuff, we always Mm kind of talk about the 1969 one that happened in New Mm -hmm. York. But what we're talking about now is something that happened before that in San Francisco. Correct, correct. Um, So, the Compton Cafeteria riots predate the Stonewall Inn riots by... Three years. Yeah. Um, and the Compton Cafeteria Riots, something that people may not know, is that it was the first documented uprising of black and brown, trans and queer uh, people in the United States. Uh, so this was what began um, 
what we know now as the modern day trans activism and not just trans activism but also the universal LGBT gay rights movement. Mm -hmm. uh, but it began in San Francisco, uh, contrary to what folks may believe that it began with Stonewall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we have so many iconic figures like Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Stonewall is synonymous with, oh, that's where it all began. But that's not true. And the thing about the company cafeteria rights is that trans and queer people, trans women, drag drag queens were front and center of this struggle. And that is something to, that we must really acknowledge that this is um, a struggle in a riot that was completely led um, by black and brown trans and queer people, as opposed to Stonewall, which also had uh, a large population of gay men. Uh, you know, and that eventually led to a transformation of that movement to become synonymous with just mm -hmm. gay white men. So it's important that we get to highlight the um, how critical the Compton's Cafeteria Rights was, not just for San Francisco in general, but for the entire um, nation, nation yeah. for mm -hmm. the entire LGBT uh, movement. Yeah, yeah. It set the tone for the rest because it. it there's so many things that happened prior to Stonewall, right? And 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 all of these things kind of set the tone, and they're just like a, it just got to the points, particularly because of what was happening in the Black Civil Rights Movement. Right. Those things really set the tone for even I I, I was listening about even like there was some um, um, fat activists that were kind of mm -hmm. uh, that was organizing during that time. Mm -hmm. It was queer activists. It was so many people because of what was happening on the racial front. Mm -hmm. It was so many people that was like, you know what? motherfucking right so this shit that we got going on with us we need to organize around that too so mm -hmm. it was so many movements that were sparked and just inspired and so it's really important for us to understand that you know in, even in the same way like um, Black Lives Matter what was happening in 2015 this is just a continuation of a constant fight that has been happening but this that moment was like a it's like a peak and what we're what we're talking about is in the 60s it was just a peak where we were being demonized as queer people right. particularly as queer films and, and and this was a time that we just had said enough is enough and so as young people uh, how how does that make y'all feel in the fight right now? Empowered. Mm. Honestly, I feel. Um, just knowing that all those women and all those, you know, trans people and queer people really put out there for us. And now we're here. We're celebrating the first Trans History Month anniversary here in San Francisco. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, for me, it just feels really empowered. It's like, oh, my God, we really did this bitch. Like, what? Right. I can't believe that. It's Absolutely. crazy. <laughs> and then it spits in the face of um, the kind of respectability politics of people saying, oh, you got to do, when, when you're fighting for your rights, you got to do something the right way. You got to mm -hmm. be anti-violent. You got to be the Martin Luther King way. Well, I understand that that sometimes fit in certain situations, but sometimes motherfuckers don't listen to shit but right. when you turn up. Right. And right. so that's why we get riots and rebellions and things like that. Nat Turner's and all those guys. Right. right. So we have to do those kind of things because people, particularly people who are so violent against us, because when we talk about Stonewall, when we talk about um, Compton riots, um, cafeteria riots, it was literally to buck up against police. It was literally to buck up against them coming to where we hang out, coming to where we party, coming to where we eat, and fucking with us. Yeah. And this was a part of their 
daily lives. daily lives to yeah. fuck with us and lock us up and uh, and demonize and criminalize criminalize us for doing what we feel is right about with our bodies, with our the same shit that we got going on now in our politics, and so understanding that we all in that in that regards we have to sometimes say no these rules these kind of bullshit that you got mm-hmm. going on with this is not acceptable and sometimes we got to put our bodies on the line and buck up against you sometimes it leads to our death sometimes it leads to um us going to jail sometimes it leads to sit in like act up so many different things but it's 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 not doing what you think we are supposed to do that makes you listen to us. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the theme of the riot party is just just a beautiful theme. So can you tell us about the riot party and why why that and what what what's the reason that we need to continue to celebrate this in this way that you are doing? Yeah, I think we need to celebrate it mostly just to keep us one empowered, but also just to remind people that. This is an everyday fight for us. This is something that we have to put up with on a day-to-day basis. And nobody wants to be criminalized. Nobody wants to be sitting here being put in jail for reasons that, you know, don't make sense to a lot of us. So I feel like for this Compton Riot, for us to be throwing these part, this big party, uh, and this being the first year, this is just, I guess, a light for us to really put ourselves out there, really put ourselves forward, and say, we're not going to take it no more. This is what we're going to do. We're going to stand up for each other. We're going to be part of something, and we're going to make a change, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's honestly what I think. Right. But I also think the importance of the Riot Party is that it is also a celebration. Mm. It, is a, it is a celebration of who we are, how far we've come, of the people that have come before us, and how bright our future is. Um, I think that most often in, in this day and age, when we think of uh, the trans community and when we think of uh, uh, commemorative occasions like Trans Day of Disability, Trans Week of Awareness, Trans Day of Remembrance, uh, most often those occasions do not really highlight and emphasize the rev- the revolutionary work of the trans community, how much um, our community has contributed to modern day social justice uh, movements. Um, and it's really important that we highlight uh, those contributions, but in a way that inspires the trans community. Because when we are seeing violence and despair and death everywhere in the way how media is reporting it and the way that uh, these ideas are being instilled in people that being trans is not something that you should want. We must counter those narratives with saying, listen, we must celebrate each other. We must celebrate who we are. We must celebrate how far we've come. We must celebrate the, um, uh, the pioneers that have given up so much to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And it's important to remind that, um, to remind people of that because it is also our responsibility as trans people that get to enjoy uh, the fruits of their labor. Of course. <laughs> it's, it's now our responsibility to inspire the next generation and say to others, there is no shame in being trans. You can be happy. You can enjoy who you are, regardless of what the world may tell you that being trans is like. But we as trans people, we must taking it upon ourselves to say, no, we celebrate. Mm-hmm. We rejoice. We must come together because we are miracles. We are magnificent and we are special. Yes. And 
that is why the trans district um, is always uh, so keen in making um, the riot party, our annual riot party, so special mm -hmm. um, to continue to remind our trans community of, of, of how unique they are. The liberation of the country, yeah. Facts. I, I also, I, I always say this, I think how our culture would shift if we focused, as much as we focus on our deaths, if we focus that energy on our joy. Mm -hmm. Like, I see a lot of times when we, even when things that go viral about us is going to be things that one of us has died or somebody has got attacked or some, mm -hmm. some kind of all the negative things. But when I see some 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 um, trans girl that graduated from this college and got her degree or when right. I see something, you, some kind of beautiful thing happen, right. it doesn't go viral. It does it, mm -hmm. it, we don't focus on the joy and the happiness. And one of the things that I, that I always have said, in, not always have said, but in, in, in probably like the past five years um as far as when i think about my transition a lot of times we kind of focus on the gender dysphoria you know mm -hmm. that's kind of the narrative the word the medical words that you learn when you kind of come into in, into this life but i also for me transition was a radical act, act of self-love mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. love myself enough to know that I wanted to be in this world the way I wanted to be. Yes. And I love myself enough to not to go against what the world says, to go against what my parents says, or what my, the people say, or whatever. I love myself enough to say, hey, this is what I owe myself. This is what I know I'm meant to be. And I'm going to navigate this world no matter how, or whatever, whatever bullshit come against me. Right. I right. love myself enough to present how I want to present on my own terms. And that's a radical self-love. And so yes. that's what my transition is about. So tell me, what do we have in store this year for the Riot Party? What is, what What can we look for? And you know, we're going to put some links to tickets and so y'all can buy tickets and come because we got tons of artists. But yeah, I want y'all to tell me what's going on. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so before I begin, if folks want to know more about the Riot Party, if folks would like to see um, images and videos of uh, previous riot parties, they can go to www.riotpartysf.com. Uh, but this here for the riot party, um, it is going to be slightly different from the one that we hosted last year. Last year, we decided to go with a little bit much of a festival feel. You know, it was still during, you know, the peak of COVID, so we couldn't really gather indoors. So uh, we did it outside, but this year we're doing it at the fabulous and iconic Hibernia Bank in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. And it is this regal uh, palace of sorts. And we have an incredible lineup of performers and DJs. Uh, we have Dominic Morgan coming in. Yes. Uh, we have Trace Lissette coming. Quay Dash. Jasmine Infinity. Yves. Everybody yes. loves Yves. Yes, <laughs> and many, many more. And we are so excited to be hosting this lineup of celebrated artists uh, mm. who are just thriving and prospering in their own respective fields. Um, Diamond is also co-hosting with uh, comedian Ian Harvey. So we are very, very excited about that. And let me say this before. One of the amazing things about Transgender District is they take money that they get from these corporations and put it in the pockets of trans people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We have so many organizations out here that are 
fundraising for us and our putting us in their grants, putting us as a bullet point, da 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 da. Right. But a lot of that money is not coming to our pockets. Yes, right. we can get a gift card. Yes, we can do da, right. da da da. But one thing about that I love about your organization is that when it comes to the stuff that y'all bring to the table and the money that y'all that y'all get, y'all are putting it with y'all entrepreneurship program, right. with your with the artists that you are literally having this. It's like a, a mini concert. Y'all are paying the artists and bringing them in. We are not seeing that kind of investment in trans lives and in trans careers and in trans art. And I really appreciate the work that y'all are doing because yes. I don't see that in other, you know, you see a little bit here and there, but y'all are constantly doing So I really appreciate that from y'all. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, <laughs> you know, I, I, that is a very, that's something that we like to touch on because yes, you know, many of today's corporations and big businesses, they... And nonprofits. Yes. They want to do their philanthropic duty and, you know, give us some of money or a check to an organization that they want to support, that they believe is struggling. And, you know, we acknowledge that that is very much of the way that the world operates in, ter in terms of philanthropy and, you know, so on and so forth. But we also take advantage of that. We take advantage of corporations and big businesses wanting to donate money to uh, transgender causes and issues. But we take that and we run with it for our community. Uh, we want to make sure that we are bringing as many resources as possible to our community to make sure that whatever it is that they need, that we are able to help them. Uh, we always like to uh, reach out to our long-term uh, collaborators, Diamond, you're one of them, uh, and you know we we love working with you, and we also love empowering um, uh, financially and in other ways um, uh, um, our community and our supporters who are also uh, thriving and working really hard to make sure that they are also uh, bringing more attention and more advocacy to trans issues. Um, it is all a network. Our community is a network, and in order to uplift one another we must be there uh, to support one another in whatever it is mm -hmm. so if there's a way that we can support by having a celebration a little party at the Hibernia Bank on August 28th from yeah. 5 to 9 p.m. we are going to do that you yeah. know we're going to have a ball and it's going to be incredible and fabulous and people are going to leave the riot party excited for the next one so. yes Yes, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> what are you looking forward? What are you looking forward to this year, Aubrey? Um, myself. Um, so I. <laughs> so my, I just recently got hired with the transgender district. So this is my first Friday party that I'm able to attend. Honestly, I'm just getting ready and looking forward to all the performers. Um, one, because most of them are trans, well, all of them actually are yeah. trans and queer people and, and black or brown people, which is really amazing. Um, but honestly, yeah, I think just the performance, um, just to see who's all coming, honestly, actually, too. Like, I would like to see what the crowd's going to look like. What's going to be the feel of the party? Who's going to be there? What's going to be the outfits they're going to be wearing? Who's going to be dancing? Who's not going to be dancing? Who's going to be drinking a lot? The whole nine. Like, I'm just excited to be in the room and just be surrounded by so many amazing, talent pe talented people, honestly. Right, right. And, you know, I also think it's important to see the riot party as a safe haven. You know, with everything that's going on across the country in terms to, you know, trans issues... The transgender district always, we always pride in providing the best events 
um, to our community. Yeah. We want to make sure that our trans community in San Francisco and in the Bay Area feels special. Um, and, you know, most often, uh, something that also the president of the trans district, RSAE, likes to do is she likes to um, make uh, folks feel special by, you know, having a fabulous uh, venue, by having, you know, celebrated performers, you know, uh, perform to trans people. Um, and I, I think that's something that is very special of the riot party. And that is why I am um, excited for it. Yes. Um, and I know that it's your first and you're, you're just going to love it. I can't mm -hmm. wait. Yeah. Is there anything else when it comes to the trans um, history month that you're doing outside of the um, riot party? Yes, we have many other activations planned to kick off Trans History Month. We are doing a flag racing ceremony at the mayor's office um, at City Hall uh, this upcoming Monday, August 1st. Um, we are also uh, doing other activations such as uh, planting trees. We are planting more trees in the Tenderloin. The Trans District has been working um, on this project for almost two years now. Uh, planting trees in San Francisco is not easy. You have mm -hmm. to go through this strenuous bureaucracy uh, just to be able to plant one goddamn tree. So for the Trans District to be doing this is just monumental and for it to happen during Trans History Month, it's a manifestation that, you know, we are just full steam ahead in terms of uh, creating this locale in this place where people uh, know that they belong and that that that, that is uh, somewhere where they can call a home um, and we are doing everything possible to make sure that we remind our trans residents of that 365 days a year that's right you know mm -hmm. um, so yes the riot party is just one day of the year but for us um, it is uh, something that we focus on year-round. Yeah, and yeah. I love that. The district has been for, this is, this is like six years, right? This is, the district has been around for like six years? This year... Since 2017. Yeah, so, so. this year was our five-year anniversary. Five-year anniversary. Yes. So, what, what, if you go to the Tenderloin now, you're going to see light poles that have the trans flag on them. Mm -hmm. It's going to be just a whole movement of beautifying the area. So the trees yes. is just the next step. Um, I think it's amazing because if you don't know the history of the Tenderloin, mm -hmm. this is, you know, the, the trans people have been documented in this city since like the 1920s. And so when we, when we think about the rich and complicated history when it comes to trans people in this area, to have an organization that is preserving it and thinks that we're important enough to preserve it and, and thinks enough that, we, that we're important enough to stay in this community, no right. matter how bad, regardless of how people are coming in and gentrifying and coming in and doing all this kind of stuff, really investing um, resources in, in the community to, to, to stay in the Tenderloin, I think is such amazing, such amazing work and brilliant work. And so I, I would love to see this reflected everywhere else. But I just I'm just want y'all to know that as a older black trans woman, I am yeah. so proud of y'all and y'all yeah. doing amazing work. Tell yes. the people how they um, can participate and where they can find y'all. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but before that, I mm -hmm. just wanted to mention something that um, about the Tenderloin, now mm -hmm. that we're on that topic. But 
Um, something about the Tenderloin is that it's such a unique neighborhood in San Francisco. Yes. And something that is so special about the Compton Cafeteria rides that must be known and also that is the goal of Trans History Month is that we must disseminate information that is not common knowledge. And something about the Tenderloin is that it, it is a historic uh, black and brown neighborhood. Um, it is, it's also a neighborhood that has been considered a gay ghetto since the 1930s. Right. Um, it is also the neighborhood that witnessed the first ever uh, sex worker protest in 1917. So what happened in Compton's cafeteria is an intersection of many things. As you mentioned earlier in our conversation, it was the time during the civil rights movement. Um, it was also, um, you know, a neighborhood that had already witnessed organized uh, protests from, you know, the sex worker protests in 1917. Mm -hmm. So there's something so special about the Tenderloin. And that is something that we always try to bring to the forefront that, hey, this is a neighborhood that has always had this uh, revolutionary spirit. Um, and that is something that we also try to loop in into our work even today. So when we throw, you know, a riot party, we always want to make sure that it's in the Tenderloin because that is the home of the transgender district. But it's also a neighborhood that is not giving its credit in terms of how much it has witnessed. Mm -hmm. um, but I digress. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out because, yeah, you know, there's a lot of negative connotation around the Tenderloin now. Right mm -hmm. now, the way that... Homelessness, the, drugs, crime. they're splitting it apart, all right. that yes. political bullshit. Exactly. Even, even when I moved there, like, four months ago, I was very scared because, one, all I heard about um, the Tenderloin was the homelessness and drugs and gang violence and all that stuff. And then coming there and being able to walk through the neighborhood and get a feel of the ambiance. I don't feel it's like that anymore. I feel like it's definitely, you know, progressing yeah. and changing every now and then, but yeah, I feel like the Tenderloin is definitely a place that needs to but be. But we gotta invest to turn it around. Too. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, the Tenderloin right now, one of its many issues is uh, sanitation, there are many folks that are homeless, you know, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. That isn't just something that, oh, it just happened to be on the Tenderloin. Right. This was something that was intentional right. because the Tenderloin has been regarded as a as a containment zone by the city of San Francisco for a very long time. So for these things to be happening in the Tenderloin is not it's not a coincidence. It's not just something that like, well, it just happened to happen in the yeah. Tenderloin. No. Yeah, it was just homeless. No. Yes. <laughs> the city of San Francisco for a very long time has purposely ignored the Tenderloin because it has always had that radical revolutionary spirit. Yeah. Uh, so we, I always like to bring that up because, you know, some people think of the Tenderloin in a very topical surface level. Like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's that kind of neighborhood. It's like, no, it's that kind of neighborhood, but let's unpack that. Why? Let's unpack right. that. Right, <laughs> why? Come on now. So I... And why do we know more about the Castro than we know about the Tenderloin? Yes, <laughs> right. exactly. The Tenderloin. There's a reason why. Right, the Tenderloin came before the Castro, right? right? <laughs> it was called the gay ghetto in the 1930s for a reason. Right. So when the white gays found a more affluent neighborhood and they flocked to there, oh, suddenly the Castro is revered as the epitome of, like, gay and queer San Francisco? Mm -hmm. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. We need to have a, a history lesson, and that is the purpose of Trans History Month. Yes. yes.
So tell me where they can find you. Tell me where, um, how they can support and all that kind of good stuff. Yes, um, so they can definitely go to the Transgender District website, www.transgenderdistrictsf.com. Um, you can donate on the website. You can see uh, the staff there on the website. Sign up for our newsletter. We always love donations all the time. Um, uh, you can find our videos from all of our past events, all of our upcoming events, everything, honestly. Um, if not there, um, find us in the Tenderloin. We do weekly walkthroughs, so if you ever see us out and about, you want to come say hi, definitely come say hi. We're here to help. If you need help with housing, if you need help with bills, if you need help with anything that's going to help you improve yourself and you're trans or black or brown, find us and we can help you. Yes. And for more information on the Riot Party, folks can go to www.riotpartysf.com. Yes. They can also find us on Instagram, which is at Transgender District SF. Um, and our Instagram is probably the best place where you can learn about everything that it is that we're doing. We're That's posting awesome. every single yes. day, you know, from the most uh, little, um, well, there's no, such, there's no such thing as a little effort or initiative, but from, you know, a riot party to, you know, who we're um, helping, you can definitely see everything there. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah, I love it. And we're definitely going to constantly on March's Play, um, on our Instagram, promote whatever's happening and also um, any kind of release. We haven't announced all the artists yet, right? Mm -hmm. Or have we announced all of them? We have announced all of them. Okay. Uh, yeah, so in um, at the RiotPartySF.com, you can see all of our, um, all of our headliners, um, as well as our... Uh, our co-hosts mm -hmm. and our DJs as well. Um, most of our headlining uh, performers, they are individuals who are known nationally, internationally. Mm -hmm. So we are very excited to be hosting them. Uh, but yeah, if folks want to learn more, they can go to, um, you know, www.riotpartysf.com. I just yes. wanted to make sure that, you know. Get your tickets. Yeah. Yes, and Saeed understood that we were promoting the <laughs> Riot Party. Yes. I love to see it. So that is all going to be down in the information box. I want to thank you both for being on the show and sharing your brilliance and sharing the work that you are doing. We will talk to y'all at the Riot Party. See you there. Come on now. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all.
And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. I wanted to know, um, I wanted to ask this question first to you guys before I go into the facts, because the facts are just kind of like, okay, it's the facts. So my question is, why do you think that they are saying that monkeypox is, um, where they're trying to um, make monkeypox a stigma of the gay community again? Or not again, but another disease like HIV. And they are saying things um, like it's just um, the LBGT community, well, specifically gay men, that is is getting it. And we know that's not true because we see there are cis women that are um, getting it as well as gay men. And and um, we have have rarely seen cases of straight men. It seems like they've been trying to like like um, politicize. I'm not politicized, but um, blow up like all the content that um, gay men make with their um, that kind of review of their monkeypox or whatever on purpose to me. What do you guys think about it, though? My question is, um, why do you um, think that they're trying to um, make this a stigma of the of LBGT community? Um, I think it's multiple things going on. Um, One of the things is I find it interesting how I think that how the algorithm is working in these in this case, like the Internet algorithm, because I haven't seen any black people with monkeypox when I'm looking at people. I know I'm hearing about it, but like in on my timeline, like when I see pictures of people sharing their stories or pictures of people, it is all white gay men but my friend eric said he hasn't seen anything but black people with monkeypox anything but black people and i'm like god this is strange how all of us are seeing different then somebody else was like i'm seeing a mixture of everybody and it's strange how all of us all of our online perspective of, of this disease is quite skewed towards a different way and i was like that's quite interesting because i i don't it wasn't like that with like um covid covid was everybody but this particular thing it feels like for some reason everybody is getting different perspectives of it because me it's nothing but white gay men um so i think that's one thing a number two thing is that I think because of the history and the the work that we have done in the queer community about being anti-stigma when it comes to diseases, it makes queer people more open to talk about them going through a disease. And so we're going to see more people who are queer, gay, who are saying, let me show y'all what's going on with disease because I've already done the work to not be ashamed of the stigma around disease. So we're going to see more gay people saying, let me document this. Let me show you pictures of this happening so you can be safe too. Let me show you what's happening in my experience of of, of monkeypox so you all can be safe. There is more because of the work that queer people have done to not be stigmatized around disease. So we're going to see more of us saying, hey, this is what's happening, as opposed to other groups who have, who have not done that work, who will not share a picture of them getting monkeypox, who will not share their results, who are ashamed that they got this, who are not going to talk about it. I think, and with that kind of... um openness is easy to skew it towards queer people because we're telling you 
up front, this is what's happening to us, even though this is not a queer disease. So that is a very, very interesting take. Yeah. I and I and it makes so much sense too. So much sense. I don't ever trust news to be fairly um portray things. I even seen even Pink News, which is a queer media um company they i seen them put something like oh monkeypox is spreading outside of the gay and bi community i thought that was so irresponsible in their headline to put when we we have known from the beginning that this is it this is a skin-to-skin disease this is not no fucking sexually transmitted disease this is just a skin-to-skin contact disease so that's that's not anything to do with sexuality and so you putting it in the headline is irresponsible it's late and whack so that's annoying very irresponsible. It just feeds the stigma. Yeah. And it's especially when it comes from a gay source. It's like, yeah. oh, y'all already know it. Very much yeah. so, um, Flame Monroe. Um, <laughs> I sit in a cut and kind of like, <laughs> I make decisions, but I kind of see how things play out. And it's very interesting how things are being played out. Because I was like, okay, well, maybe this is, I had high hopes. I was hoping that, like, it was going to be like two cases and bitch, she was going to go away. <laughs> she is definitely COVID's good girlfriend. She tapped to her other Judy and she is here to wear us out. I, am, I ain't trying to spread any <laughs> fear, but baby, the way that those outbreaks look, woo! But, um, so, um, I, I think that the stigma is bad. Um, that is, it's it's being stigmatized, especially on um, on gay people, because we've all, we've we've seen um I'm, excuse me, gay males specifically, because we've seen cis women. Well, I've seen cis women contracted also, um, and they've talked about their story. Like I've just recently seen um, a viral TikTok of um, a lady on the train, some Hispanic lady, and she was like, she just had on regular clothes, she had on a dress. Her legs was out, her arms was out, but you could see like the bumps and stuff on her arms and her legs. She was just itching, just <laughs> sitting on a train, girl. Ready to pass her right on out because. <laughs> but I mean, I can't, okay. you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it is irresponsible of you <laughs> if you have monkeypox and you still commute and stuff, especially on public transportation, like, bitch. How do you feel yeah, like. You don't get to your appointment. I'm not mistaken, like a very long um, period 
that you go mm-hmm. through, like a timeline for like when it covers your body and then to where you're back to normal. Because you're gonna have scars afterwards sometimes. I've seen it on people's yeah. faces. So um, I know that that could be pretty hard for people who have this. So I kind of, I'm, I don't want um, the laughter to offend people who may have had it or may have it now. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely something scary. It affects the face 95% of the of cases. 95% of the cases. 95. <laughs> 95. To your point about being vain. <laughs> Yo, I can play with COVID, but this 95% of the this time. Is 90, 95. And and it includes the um, the 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 palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. That's seventy five percent of cases. So ninety five percent of cases, you're gonna have uh, the lesions on your face, and seventy five percent of the cases, you're gonna have it on your palms and your hands. Um, it also affects the oral mucous membranes. I know that the highest amount of cases um, right now is California. New York and uh, Illinois. So mm-hmm. California has 799 cases. Illinois has 419. Miss New York has 1,345. I don't know how up to date these are, but I mean, um, I'm sorry, I don't know how up to date these um, uh, results are, but this is the CDC. So. That yeah. Is yeah, just make sure y'all are be diligent about cleaning and washing your hands and your con- personal contact with people because it's not killing people. Uh, that's that's a difference. Um, it's not killing people, but it is giving you these gross um, lesions, blisters, not lesions, blisters on your face. And so, yeah, be careful out here, y'all. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme you a feeling and a high you never come down. All right, y'all. So. Tell me what has been bringing y'all euphoria this week. Uh, I'll go euphoria this week. I got to spend some time with some black trans men this week. Um, some community looking out for me during this heat wave because it's hot as fuck in the area. Um, my apartment was dangerously hot and I was planning on reaching out and folks reached out to me before I reached out to them and said, hey, uh, how you doing in that heat? I mean, you wanna uh, come be sit up in, you know, in this air conditioning for a couple days? So I was able to be somewhere safe and just be in community. And it just has been a minute since I've been around other black trans men or black trans masculine people in person. And just kind of the banter and, you know, folks knowing what's going on. It's like, oh, oh you know, girl, you know, like, well, they not like girl. I'm like girl because that's how I get down with, um, with my gender expression. But uh, 
Yeah, but it was beautiful. So that brought me a lot of euphoria just to be able to be in, you know, first of all, looking out that the love I appreciate, but also like just being able to be in person brought a lot of euphoria. Everybody was COVID free. So that's my, <laughs> that's my euphoria this week. That's beautiful. It's always good to like be around, like yourself kind of like be tech. People like yeah, yourself. And- yeah, exactly. And, and there's definitely, uh, um, you know, I can feel the, you know, I miss having Lisa, even if I'm not there that year. You know what I mean? So um, I definitely, that definitely would sustain me a lot uh, after the conference, too. So it was just really good to, uh, yeah. Um, so I haven't been having like a really good month, like I told y'all. Like, um, so. Um, but I, I have reached, this is a, this is going to go a good way. I have reached euphoria. I'm going to tell you what, how I turned it around, but like the, like not being able to go to New York, I had, I had so many plans. Like I was supposed to help my house win 30 K the first time it's ever been given away in ballroom history, $30,000 to a house. And I wasn't able to contribute because I, I ain't gonna lie, I was afraid of monkeypox and the temple they was going to. And so, like, knowing that I was, in, I could have been like a reason why we were able to get something or not, just like an important factor, it kind of made me feel like, um, it kind of made me feel like I was, I didn't accomplish a goal that I wanted. So then I turned, I tunneled into a like a depression that I, I usually deal with depression often. So it's not something that's just like, oh my gosh, the world's falling apart. But it it happened. And throughout the time, a lot of, I, I'm usually by myself until I I'm I get back to my right head. But throughout this whole time, I've been having people to step in and help like my sister. She came and took me out and got me at the house. We did some exercising. Um, my um, Z, my boyfriend, he's been doing things. Been uh, a, a perfect motivator. Um, my my best friend was a, a a great a great motivator. So that's been my euphoria, like knowing that I have people in my corner that that care enough to put me well to help me when I'm I'm down because I'm so used to doing it on my own. So it was it was beautiful to like feel like okay. Like they got my back. Mm, that's so that was system. my euphoria. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all know that regions of your area have different, like, um, unique brands of products. So, like, some it might be a brand of a, a, a brand of drinks, a brand of potato chips, a brand of snacks, a brand of candy, like different things that are really unique to your area. It's not so. For example, um, have y'all ever heard of Vess um, soda? V e s s. Okay, Vess is like St. Louis. It's like a. Um, it's like a in St. Louis they have in that area of the of the state. It's different, like drinks. It's a brand of drinks, and so you know you can go to the store, like the corner store, and get you a a, a vest orange. It's like kind of like Fago, oh. but a different brand. And so yeah. everybody 
got a brand of different shit in your region that may not be found in other regions. So in Indianapolis, where I'm from, there is a brand of chips that I do, I cannot find anywhere. It's very rare that I find it anywhere but the Midwest and it is called Grippo's. So I love Grippo's potato chips. It reminds me of my childhood. It reminds me of, you know, just being home. Like anytime I go back home to Indianapolis is a couple of things that I get. I get Grippo's, I get barbecue heaven, which is like a barbecue place in Indianapolis. Just things that I can't, flavors that remind me of home that I can't get anywhere else. So recently I went on Amazon and I got the biggest motherfucking box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The this box right here, the biggest box. Let me put it up to the camera. Y'all see it? The biggest box of Grippo's potato chips, and it was only like thirty dollars, and it comes oh, right. with a bunch of individual um, bags. Of um, potato chips, right. and as you can see, <laughs> baby, it's empty. <laughs> so, so I I got it a while ago, but I wanted to share that because it is it has really brought me joy this week, and it remind me of my mother because that's was something a, a favorite chip that we share. Um, it re, it just remind me of home. It just it's just. It just gives me that nostalgia. And so as soon as I got the box and I opened up a bag and put it in my mouth, I was like, transport me to Indiana <laughs> to the uh, 1980s. <laughs> and it just transported me to that time when I was a kid going to Kroger's or going to the corner store and um, helping ladies buy bag their groceries and put their groceries in the car so they could give me a quarter or give me a dollar. And then I go and buy me some Grippos. <laughs> <laughs> and a fago and a red fago pop or a fago orange and so or a grape and so it reminded me of being a kid and this is when pops were like 25 cents <laughs> the age of myself a kid um but it was it just it just reminded me of that time so that is what grippo's potato chips have been giving me euphoria for the past couple of weeks but definitely this week because it was my last couple of bags <laughs> <laughs> and so Save that is savor them. Yeah. Exactly. I was like eating them slow. Like, mm, mm. <laughs> I love, 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 love. And one of the reasons why I love them is because you know how you'll get that bag of Doritos that for whatever reason, you don't know if the machine messed up or whatever, but it got like extra flavor on it, like it's extra sprayed with the oh, yeah. these are always like that. These are potato chips that are always oversprayed with whatever the seasoning is. So they are always like extra. <laughs> so that's why they're fire. So it's like it's like that bag of Doritos that you get that are overly saturated. And that they're just always, every bag is like that. And so I love it. And so that's why it's fire. But anyway, that's what gave me euphoria. And that is the end of our show. <laughs> we will see y'all next week. And um, hashtag Marcia's Plate. Let us know what you want us to talk about, what you loved about this episode, what you didn't, whatever you want to tell us. And we will see y'all next week. And y'all have a wonderful um, 
It's it's a holiday coming up. Yeah, this is just the first of the month. August is coming up, so get ready for school, bitch. Get ready for school and paying the bills. <laughs> first of the month bills, child. <laughs> and yes, if Mama anybody want to pay my rent, wait, it's today the today the thirty first. Tomorrow's the first. 31st tomorrow is the Monday the 1st. Yes, if anybody want to pay my rent, you can pay it. <laughs> but tell me before I go pay it myself tomorrow. <laughs> nah. okay. Pass them coins for all people. We all have all wrong. No, no motherfucking shade, bro. Need it. Nah. So, um, yeah, we'll see y'all next week. All right, y'all. Bye, y'all. Peace. That was so cute. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's going to be all right.